you're listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. I'm so happy you're here. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. No, that's okay. Okay. I'm a pretty much a dork as well. (laughs) So me and Katie met through uh, the Reading Club, which is this private like members only club in San Diego. Super cool. But we do master classes and Katie came on and did a master class on functional medicine. Yeah. Blew me away. Your story blew me away. So we could just jump in. Okay. And start with your story and how you got into functional medicine. Okay. So um, with most people in this work, it starts with their own journey of healing. Really for me starts on you know, that childhood uh, struggle, there was a lot of toxicity in the household, a lot of chaos and stress, um, but there was a lot of misunderstanding of food and dieting. There was um, eating disorders and body dysmorphia, you know, just obsessive awareness of bodies and size. And, and you know, really that just created a space where food was the enemy. Um, But then also we lived in an environment where there were times where we were on government commodities and it was like fake food being substituted for, for, you know, to have substance, Um, you know, commodities, commodities, cheese and peanut butter that comes in a paint can are not (laughs) real food. Um, So, you know, and then just the community I lived in being a, a food desert when it came to just nutrition, really core nutrition, you know, everything was fried. You know, yeah. everything was a fried fruit food. The plates were full of brown foods. And you're from Oklahoma. Yeah. So that's yeah. a little bit more popular, I feel like, over there, too. Wouldn't you, would yeah. you say, like, the fried it's food very, vibe? very fried food okay, and gravy. Yeah. Fried food and food and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, there was, you know, a lot of, of food, toxic foods, and then, at times, food scarcity. And then, for me, that really resulted in a food chase. And so, you know, there were times when we didn't have food, and then there were times when food wasn't allowed loud because of body issues and so I remember at seven years old being on Dexatrim which we now know is the diet pill that had fin fin in it wow. like you know like really extreme stuff um X-lax, taking copious amounts of X-lax as a kid um slim fast since I was a kid you know just across the board and then also just the psychological stuff and all of that and the stress yeah. of the household and the environment And then that eventuated in, by the time I was 12, I was bulimic because I realized I can take all of this in and I could take massive amounts of food in. And I remember at one point uh, somebody calling me out because I had eaten a dozen cookies in an afternoon. And, you know, of course I threw that up, but, you know, nobody spoke to, well, what's wrong with this child? And so nobody's saying there's a red flag that this child just ate a dozen cookies in an afternoon left to her own devices, you know, not a dozen, pardon me, it was three dozen, it was 36 cookies, and they were big um, chocolate chip cookies that, you know, home bake, and so there was just no, um, you know, no calling out of any of the obvious that would have been signs, 
lots of digestive problems, always on the potty every day, sitting in misery and pain. Every morning was painful. None of that was being called out. And I remember actually, I've always been uh, medically science inclined and had interest. And I looked up where I was hurting in my body. And I remember reporting to one of my grandparents that my rectum hurt. And they were like, what? That doesn't make sense. You're too young for that. You know, thinking it's like colon problems. Like and you knew something was going like, on. Yeah, you know. And so, so long, long journey through that, then into bulimia, then, you know, and, and always copious amounts of antibiotics and a belief that, you know, we would just kind of fix things at home. Mm-hmm. And they were just killing my digestive tract, killing my gut microbiome. Um, fast forward, so I maintained the bulimia and all kinds of other uh you know, rexias, if you will, um, into my 20s and 30s. And in my 20s, I was getting fired from jobs because my brain wasn't functioning. I wasn't oh. mentally showing up. I, I knew that I was smart, but it was not showing up. And yeah. depression and mental illness. And I was on all kinds of anxiety meds and depression meds. And at one point, I was diagnosed... Um, situational bipolar disorder wow yeah so I was like oh this is just getting worse (laughs) (laughs) this is getting worse like it just is progressing um finally around 26 I stopped throwing up because somebody in my life had given me an ultimatum the relationship I was in was like you're stopping this Wow. and so I stopped throwing up but I um you know, I just kept eating and I kept consuming and I kept stuffing down the sorrow, stuffing down the feelings. And the, the drug addiction of the food was every waking hour was thinking about food, eating food, finding food, eating food, or feeling guilty for food every waking hour. And it filled my work days. It filled my nights. Wow. So I just wasn't showing up. And then I was depressed and I would go to bed for three weeks at a time and couldn't bring myself forward into the world. Um, you know, I became agoraphobic at one point because I couldn't go out and getting dressed was overwhelming. And then the pounds just kept piling on at this point, right? I kind of sustained a a somewhat reasonable weight. And then I got up to a size 20 pant is when I stopped buying clothes, which people who know me now, they're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) they had no idea. But yeah, my twenties and thirties fired from jobs and miserable and just miserable. And Finally, I had hit a place where I had come to terms with, I am, okay, that's it. I'm fat. I'm a fat girl. This is who I am. I'm going to stop the Jenny Craig, the Weight Watchers, the Slim Fest, the millions of things. This is who I am. This is what I am. But it was never acceptable to me that my brain was not working, and I knew I was wicked smart. Wow. You yeah. know, we all know that. Yeah. We do. We know it. It's in there. And like we, you weren't connecting, yeah. that they affected each other. Yeah. And so I knew I was wicked smart. I knew that there was a whole capacity to me that wasn't getting called forward. And so I started um, little bits of drips and drabs were coming into my life. You know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And finally, I saw a doctor. Dr. Amon, Daniel Amon, who's functional psychology and teaches, if you eat a carb at this time, it's going to impact you this way, the next day here, if you do this, if you have this. And he did all these brain scans that showed the result. It looked under the hood. I was depressed on the sofa flipping channels, and he was on a PBS 
fun drive. Wow. And he did a speaker series and I, he said a few things and it clicked and I've always been about personal growth and development. Like when I was, gosh, you know, when you grow up the way I did, you're always looking to be healed. Yeah. And so, you know, at, I think at 11, I read, I'm okay. You're okay. At 15, I was reading your erroneous zones. You know, I was just always reading all the self-help. So anytime the speakers were on PBS, I was, I was tuning in, but yeah, I watched that and everything he said, I was like, whoa. And his book was change your brain, change your life. I got his book and started following it. Well, following that meant that I was eating cleaner and I was eating things in a way that did not spike my blood glucose as much. Wow. But also I had lost my grandma who she was 72 and I was half her age and I was like, what? This is my life is halfway over. I'm middle age now. This is not acceptable. Yeah. And she died a very sick and miserable death from inflammation and rheumatoid arthritis, which is an inflammatory response to diet and lifestyle, wow, autoimmune response. And so, you know, I'm seeing her die a really painful, horrendous death, and she was so precious. And so I remember at a certain point, kind of all these things were happening at the same time, and I grabbed my own thighs, and I was like, we have a lot of life in us. We've got a lot to do. And so I kind of started looking at, I hate my job. I hate my life. I hate my body. I hate my house. At that time, I had started kind of confessing to myself that I hated my spouse. Like, it was like, uh, you know, that was a big one. But everything, I was like, what's the one thing I can control? I can control me. So I can't can't change how much money is in my account right now. I'm in this marriage. I'm supposed to be making it work. I'm in this job. I'm supposed to be making it work. But this body is not working. And so I started just kind of looking at what's one little thing I could do. And this is where a smidge a day was born. I love that. Which is my my way of saying just a little bit every day. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to a podcast the other day talking about how like people don't realize the change they can implement into their life in a year by just doing a tiny little thing every single day. It's not as intimidating, but you make serious yeah. changes in your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. And it's the tiny measures. It's the tiny habits. Even out of Stanford University, there's studies we understand now this is the way to behavioral change and so what I did was I looked at the worst my worst offense was I was doing candy I was doing tons of bread baskets I was doing tons of soda all the things my worst offense was we frequently went to this one Italian restaurant and I would we would have bread baskets before the meal and I personally would eat four bread baskets all by myself with loads of pads of butter, which I'm a pro butter functional <laughs> medicine person. I'm like butter is is a, an, an elixir, but not that quantity. Um, and then I would have a baked rigatoni huge plate, and I would eat that. So I looked at that and I said, okay, well I can't get rid of all these bread baskets. I'm not saying goodbye to bread yet. So I said goodbye to one bread basket, and I got really good at only having three for a while, and then I got really good at two, and then one. And then I got really good at three pieces of bread. And then, you know, I gave myself time yeah. to adjust. Mm-hmm. Then I got really good at one piece of bread. And then I said, I don't have bread with meals anymore, like extra as a side. Yeah. And then eventually I became somebody who was cutting out bread entirely in her life. And I did that with candy, soda, chips, all the things that I was just massive consumption. Wow. And, you know, like the amount that somebody would spend on a health regimen 
I was definitely spending more of that in groceries and food, shoveling. You know? yeah. <laughs> and I think the Italian food restaurant people were probably like, oh, no, here comes that couple uh, again. At this point, had you gone to like, had you needed to seek medical help for anything? Were you like struggling in that realm? Well, I had been seeking mental health assistance okay. and I had been in therapy for ever, like yeah. from my early 20s. I started, you know, and because all the just kind of the, the nightmares of your history come yeah. forward and you have to have some place to land them. But also I had an amazing boss once that was the kickoff to me getting into therapy. She said, you're better than this. I don't know why you're not showing up. If you don't go get counseling and go talk to somebody, you can't work here anymore. Wow. And it was, she held my feet to the fire. And when I scheduled, I always get a little choked up when I scheduled that first session she actually gave me a congratulations card. But I will say that one day I did, um, during all of this, it was a lot of things happened at one time as yeah. a culmination. But I was driving to work and I was in a really stressful position. I was driving to work and I thought I was having a heart attack. Oh my gosh. And I actually drove myself to the emergency room because wow. I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to call somebody. I don't know what to do here. And I felt really scared that if I drove to work, I'd be dead. Wow. And yeah. And so I, I did that. I drove myself to the emergency room and they said, you're having a panic attack. So yeah, there was a lot going on. Um, a lot of, you know, I was having all kinds of health issues that were never getting cured or looked at. And the doctors were saying, uh, you know, we did colonoscopies, we did all these things and nobody was ever finding anything. So basically what happened was I, through all of this turmoil and crisis and pursuit, I discovered Dr. Amen yeah. and I started losing weight, having him help me understand. And that was the functional medicine. That was how do I make my brain work through my food and lifestyle choices? How do I adjust sleep? How do I adjust nutrition? How do I start to turn the dial on my brain? put me in a place where it turned the dial on my body. It also put me in a place where I was able to make little changes that I was starting to see the narrative change. So maybe I wasn't like I dropping pounds or all of a sudden a genius, but I, I picked something and I did it and then I followed through on it. And now all of a sudden I'm a girl who keeps promises to herself and that's never been done before. I love that. Ed Milet says like, keeping promises to yourself is what builds confidence. He was like, confidence is keeping the promises it to yourself. Absolutely. And is. so I feel like it healing journeys start with that. Yeah. Like always. And yeah. like, maybe you're not seeing it in your instance in the pounds right away or in your health right away, but in your mental health for sure. And yeah. your confidence. If, if you're in a romantic relationship with someone and you tell them something and you don't do it, that creates distance and error in your relationship. Yeah, we're we're the most romantic, intimate relationship first. And we have to we have to treat ourselves better than what we would treat a perfect lover. I love that. I feel like that's a good segue into just understanding the basis of this journey. Like, what would you say, like for people who have never heard of functional medicine, like what exactly is it? What makes it different from like normal medicine and healing? Well, you know, it's really it's looking at food is medicine it's looking at the body's ability to heal itself naturally and organically if we cut ourselves that tissue is designed to come back together and to heal 
So if we put a whole bunch of poison or dirt on it, then it's not going to heal as quickly and easily. Functional medicine understands that our lifestyle is putting a lot of junk in the system and that we're not, our bodies are not functioning the way they're attuned to, the way they're designed to. So it's what are, the, what are the things that have gotten in the way? So whatever you've got going on, how do we remove that toxicity and replace and re-inoculate it with good gut microbiome, good nutrition, good rest? How do we move the dial? So functional medicine is understanding that the body will heal itself when the toxins are removed and when it's given its fortifying nutrition. And so it starts at that, and it, and it looks at m way more labs than you can get done through your typical insurance. And it says, let's look under the hood and see, well, what is it that's going wrong? Okay, well, we have, I had a client that had, she's like, I've been to every naturopath. I've been doing for 20 years. You know, I've just been, I've been gaining weight, and I just have brain fog, and I'm, I'm just fatigued, and it's been 20 years, and everybody's looked at it. We've done mold. Um, mold testing, we've done, you know, metal testing, we've done allergies, food allergies, we've done all these things. And we ended up running a toxic panel or toxin panel on her. And she was loaded up with um, toxins from farm country where she grew up. Wow. And so they were just sitting in there wreaking havoc and just hanging out and destroying the system. That's and so insane. how can we take a look under the hood, see what's going on, but also how can we just make those small measures every day? And so sometimes people come to me and they're like, you know, ready to make the big measure. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, your labs are saying this. We got to move the dial fast. But sometimes people are like, I don't think that I can stick to XYZ protocol. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, what can we do to lean into it? So that in three months, in six months, it feels like you're already doing it. Wow. That's so insane. Mm -hmm. I feel like I loved hearing this talk too because – not a, I feel like now people are more accepting of these kinds of things. I feel like when I was younger, like no one was talking about like, like, I don't know, your microbiome or yeah. whatever, let alone mental health. Yeah. And so getting into those little kind of areas and lanes that you just said, how would you describe maybe someone listening has never even heard of the microbiome? Would you say that's like one of the most frequent things you talk about with your clients? It is because they're really understanding it's the root of health. And so what we know is the majority of your dopamine and serotonin, which is your energy, your, your fun, your, you know, feeling fascinated and happy, or your calm and satisfied. Those two are coming primarily from your gut microbiome. So it's all, I call it the gangs of your gut. Yeah. So you have good gut bugs and bad gut bugs. And there needs to be a balance. And so we know that, you know, if you're thinking about it like a city there and you've got good guys and bad guys, so think of like sugar as like crack cocaine for the bad gangs and it fortifies them and makes them chase more, makes them do more. But then like uh, leafy greens are a prebiotic. They feed the good gut bugs. They're like a Kevlar vest making them stronger. And so sometimes people get way out of balance and they don't even know they're having a gut microbiome issue, but they think, I'm just always a depressed person or I never get enough sleep or, you know, so much of what we think is our personality or just the way we are is rooted in our gut health. And so if we can balance that out and ensure that it's a healthy community, then that feeds everything in our body. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you, I have written down here, I would love for you to discuss going off of that, like how things like the microbiome or things like not taking proper supplements or not giving yourself enough sleep, how do they affect your mental health? Because not a lot of people know that the gut and the mind are so closely connected. They're hugely connected. And so when, no matter what anybody's having, I always say, feed your gut a probiotic, a really strong quality probiotic. I'm a huge fan of the inner eco. Um, you've got this. It's a it's a, an elixir you can buy like at Sprouts or what mm, have you yeah. because it's 100 billion CFUs. And so it means all these little particles. It's feeding the system. But it's funny. People don't talk about this enough. Probiotics are like really good tourists paying money to be in the town. <laughs> they don't set up shop. They don't stay there. So if you take it for a little while and you stop, you're losing some of that benefit. But it's a great way to transition. But feeding the good gut bugs healthy greens, like green leafy vegetables, that's going to strengthen some of those good residents, right? Mm -hmm. Lowering the sugar is going to weaken the bad residents. So these balancing acts of your chemistry. But if if we can feed those then we can actually see they're calling the stomach the second brain. And they've been calling it that for years. Yeah. And the value of that is understanding that if we start with that, if we start with healing and we start with diet, nutrition, and we understand that, oh, that's just the way I've always been. Oh, that's just the way she is. If somebody's bitchy all the time, that's not just the way they are. There's something going on in their chemistry. Yeah. What, you know, And that's, that may be the way they're coming off as always being. But that's actually a sign that there's an imbalance. And like, for instance, a low serotonin will actually make you um, be critical, be Uh more critical. So we see more errors. When we have low serotonin in the brain, it activates the part of the brain that is error, error aware. So you walk into a room and, you know, you see some of these moms, they come in and they're just exhausted. And they're like, what is wrong with this house? And blah, blah, blah. And they're just out of the gate. They're possibly low in serotonin. Wow. So we get a little low in serotonin before our period. So, you know, PMS, you know, being Makes sense. The, yeah. So it's all of it is chemistry. All of it is science. And it's all manageable and modifiable. And you're just turning the dial. That's so cool. So when you meet with clients, do they do you just try to get a read on what they struggle with? You get the panels done and try to connect things to different things to kind of try and find the root to causes. A lot of things. Um, you know, sometimes it's they they maybe like I, I chatted with a lady today who doesn't feel like she's having any kind of dysfunction in her body. But she has a hectic life because of just some family issues that are Mm -hmm. really strenuous and and tough situation. And she's just not carving out enough time for herself to be nourishing and get the nutrients in. So she's finding that she's tending to everybody's needs and then she's kind of quick grabbing food. And it's now she's in this cycle in her Mm -hmm. life. And so for her... It's just being that um, sounding board and that connection on a regular basis. We've created a a list of things that she's going to try to do for herself before we talk the next time. And then 
and then when she comes back, we'll check in. And if she has any resistance on some of them, then we'll crack that open and look at it and say, okay, well, what's going on emotionally that's making you have resistance to that idea or that thing? Yeah. Maybe it's like that therapy, but like also therapy for your body and your routines and actually applicable tips and tools for not only your mental health, but for your body. There's healing. a lot of crossover. And I mean, like I, my tools are motivational interviewing, positive psychology, and I use tools from cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, but then, you know, we have people who are like, I am sick all the time and here's all that I'm going through. And I'm like, girl, we're running labs on you. And I work yeah. with guys too. It's just, it's looking for where they are. And then, you know, sometimes it's also the education part, right? So uh, there's three parts. There's the coaching, helping you unpack where you are in your world enough because you can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. So there's unpacking it. And then there's the health education, which I have just a massive amount of knowledge that I just love to share. Yeah. Like, I love this stuff. It's so amazing and it's so empowering. And once you learn it, you can't unlearn it. And then it starts to go in and plant the seed and it just grows. And yeah, I feel like knowledge is definitely power. I feel like that's why I've been so like, I'm more silent for this episode because I'm just listening and taking in everything <laughs> you're saying, because I think it's so interesting. Um, one, two, not a lot of people know or are familiar with this stuff. I feel like I am just because I'm like in the like social media, Southern California space. Yeah. Where just right. Like it's very the familiar. SoCal. Yeah. SoCal gives us yeah. a lot of info, but not a lot of people know about functional medicine or they've heard of the microbiome, but they don't know what that even means or yeah. what they can do to improve theirs. So what would you say? I know you mentioned like balance, like what's a way that an easy way people can balance and reset their microbiome? I know you said like, obviously sugar is like not good, but like down obviously with sugar, down with probi yeah. or antibiotics. So yeah. if you're, if you're being required to take an antibiotic, let it be a last resource. Our country went through a period of overusing antibiotics and I'm starting to see, and I don't know if it's just Southern California doctors, but I'm starting to see more resistance to throwing the antibiotics at people. Yeah. Um, that was something I learned like not too long ago where like antibiotics are just so horrible and stay in your system for so long. And so now I like refuse to take them unless it's absolutely necessary. They, and if I have to, yeah. I'll take it with my probiotic. Well, and you know, that was part of the story too that you had asked earlier for me to share. So what ended up happening was I was getting well and things were getting better and I was getting but I still continued to have a lot of stomach issues and brain fog yeah. issues had a sinus infection one weekend went to a um, urgent care and got prescribed a high dose of antibiotics and this is back before I really understood anything about it yeah um, took it and six months later I couldn't walk across the room without collapsing. Oh my gosh. I couldn't lift blankets off my body without having, you know, they were so heavy I couldn't remove them and I couldn't even yell out for help. I was dying. So what happened was I now know that that d dose of antibiotics wiped out the last of the gut microbiome, good gut microbiome that I had. Wow. The bad guys went haywire and it went, uh, I ended up with nine bacterial overgrowths in my digestive tract. Four went pathogenic, attacking my blood, my liver, and my thyroid. Wow. And I was in full-blown liver failure. I was literally dying of liver failure six months after that last dose of antibiotics. And how old were you at this point? This was my mid-30s. Yeah. 
insane. Yeah. So this was my mid thirties, late thirties, maybe even early forties. So this is, this has only been about 10 years ago, within 10 years ago. Wow. So I had already been on this track of educating myself on the, the function of the body. And then this wiped me out and I couldn't get help anywhere. I thought I'm a hypochondriac. I can't figure this out. Labs aren't showing anything. Why are labs not showing anything? What's going on? And I had this intuition that somebody needs to look at my liver. Somebody needs to look. And they were just running these little tiny labs. And, you know, nothing was coming back. And I ran into a friend whose husband, in the 20 years since I had last seen her, had become a functional medicine practitioner. Wow. And I'm like, I don't have any money. And she's like, you have to go. You have to go see Jason. And I'm like, I don't have any money. And she's like, we'll help you. we got to get you healed. And they started working on me. And six weeks later, so first I went in and they did those labs and clarified exactly what's going on. Wow. I wept like a baby and they held me. But then um, they got me on a really strict elimination diet, a really strict um, supplement protocol that had herbs to kill out this bacteria. Six weeks later, I'm singing and dancing in the kitchen making breakfast. So insane. Yeah. And I needed a big old nap, you know, but I was like, and there was a long journey ahead. It was a two-year journey of repair, but it was like huge. And so that, at that point, I became obsessed. Like, wait a minute. Why didn't we have the answers over here? Why didn't I get the help in the regular medical system? You know, why did this happen? Why? And so I just started unpacking my history in my own body my history with my medical care, the system, functional medicine became like breath. I couldn't get enough air and I just was sucking it in. It's so crazy with like healing, whether it's like body healing, mental health healing, it becomes addictive once you get a taste of it. Because it's empowering. Somebody finally gave you the reins Mm -hmm. to your own life. Yeah. It's so insane. Yeah. And you know, our, our, Everybody before us didn't help that they were so toxic that they got it all over us. Yeah. <laughs> like that was, was just a cycle. Yeah. It was just a cycle. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the huge, beautiful part of learning. Knowledge is power. So you would say like getting your microbiome in check was like the first step to yeah. making sure that your yeah. body and mind was so connected. Down with sugar. Sugar is just so hard on your body and your gut microbiome. It boosts your glucose and every inflammatory marker can be fed by by, and when I say sugar, I'm talking about carbs turning to sugar too. So just low glycemic meals, low glycemic life. And at first that's really hard to do, mm-hmm. especially if you're addicted. So pick an area and just shave a little off and, and watch it, you know, work it, work it, work it. And then you'll be really good at that thing and then pick something else. Um, so probiotics, down with sugar, down with antibiotics, up with greens, uh, leafy greens feed the gut microbiome, fish oil or the omega-3s. Yeah, I was going to ask you, are there any supplements that you feel like are like non-negotiables for people? I think everybody should be on an omega-3, okay. um, you know, really clean, organic with your supplements. Um, you know, getting them at just like Walmart or, you know, whatever isn't going to look at the ingredients on your supplements. Supplements are full of fillers and crap. And it's a whole marketing gimmick. I love Sprouts, Farmer's Market, because they are so good with really getting well-sourced products. Um, But with the omegas, so here's an empowering fact. The EPA and DHA, get it with the EPA and DHA. You'll see that on the label. The EPA, when you have 1,000 milligrams of EPA a day, it's equivalent to an antidepressant. 
without That's any side so effects. Insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. So, yeah. So you're and the reason for that is right. Your dopamine is produced in your gut and that fish oil is serving your gut. It's feeding the nourishing the system. Also, healthy fat is what our brain functions off of. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, non-negotiables are a probiotic omega. Um, if you're low in serotonin and you're feeling kind of bitchy and critical, um, B6, B12, folate, and on all things, lots of protein. Protein is vital. It's huge. People have discounted it and cut it out of their lives. It will completely add muscle to your body and make you lose fat like that just by doing that. But it also feeds your detox pathways. Your liver can't function and detox as much as it needs without protein. But then it also boosts your serotonin and makes you calmer. So crazy. So you become nicer, thinner, and cuter. <laughs> the goals. <laughs> Now that you've been doing this for a while and you have so many different clients, would you say there's anything that you just see a lot? You know, it's funny. I see a lot of, I get a lot of arguments for gluten. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I mean, like, I'm on my own wellness journey. Like, I'm my, between my weight and my inflammation, it's up and down. I'm always in repair. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the damage is there and I'm continuing to try to craft it regularly. But, you know, the, the big non-negotiable for me is gluten. Gluten is such a, a terrorist in our food system. And, you know, I know people really want to negotiate that one because it's so yummy and it's got such great texture and it's <laughs> comfort food. Yeah. Um, figure out oh, it's a it's a it's a gaslighting relationship. It's really just super bad for you. And it just it's designed to just annihilate your gut microbiome. It creates bigger. Um, so. Part of explaining the gut is understanding that the gut lining is only one cell thick. So um, one cell is smaller than a human hair. So it's very, wow. very fine. And the, the actual um, digestive tract gut itself is actually a mesh. Like picture, um, Dr. Hyman always talks about the, the screen door on the front of a house. Well, it's a, a thin mesh, and it's designed to keep the particles at bay, the bugs at bay. Well, gluten pokes holes in that. And so what ends up happening is the big bugs get into the system. So part of your fecal matter and the bad gut microbiome, which uh -huh. is what happened when it attacked my blood, liver, and thyroid, these particles get into your system and create inflammation in your body. So when people say, you know, I, you know, wake up regularly and I have like an achy joint that just bothers me or, you know, I've just got this kind of this problem with this one toe that's always an issue or just these weird things that people think are the quirks of getting older. Uh-huh. It's the ravages of inflammation in your body and it's a response in one part to gluten. That's so interesting. Because so I told you I have celiac. So, like, I can't eat gluten. But it's really interesting because I feel like – so I studied abroad in Europe. Did you dabble? Um, well, back then was when I didn't know, like, that I was yeah. allergic. Were you better I was over there? fine. Yeah. So Me do you too. think it's just, like, it's an the Amer American It's the gluten. American gluten. Yeah, it super is. And, I mean, as a, as a whole, I'm not a fan of grains. Grains have an inflammatory response. They uh -huh. have a, a blood glucose spiking response. So, by and large, I live a pretty grain-free life and um, promote that. 
Um, not everybody's going to agree to that. Not every, you know, what I tell all my clients is that, you know, this is your life. You live it the way you want. I'm going to knowledge drop all over the place yeah. and you decide what well, you want to take. Even being aware is like helping. Like it is. You, you, knowledge. I mean, you may not give up gluten, but like at least if you're out and like maybe you're not feeling great or you've been feeling kind of unwell that week, like you're going to think to yourself like, oh, well, I don't need to tip the Katie balance told right me now. that gluten's not good for inflammatory, yeah. you know, responses yeah. in my body. So now I'm going to choose something different. So yeah. even if you choose not to give up gluten or like giving up extra sugar, at least you're more aware now and you can make smarter you're leaning choices. In. You're yeah. leaning in. But I will, I will second that, that when I'm in Europe, it's, I'm enjoying so a croissant. Crazy. I'm enjoying a baguette. I'm having a more relaxed time. So there's a couple of things at hand there. One is the farming, the land, the soil in America is so contaminated from the Monsanto attack so from wow. the, the glyphosate, so this just the, the Roundup, right? The yeah. Roundup poison, the, the pesticides that are in our soils. So our gluten across the board is just so contaminated here. But also, if we just look at grains as a whole, they are inflammatory. They do contribute. So what's happening when we're traveling overseas a lot of time is, one, it's a cleaner product, yes, but two, when we're having a really good time, like it's a holiday or a vacation, we actually have an immuni immunity boost. There's things that I can eat at certain times that I'm just having a, an amazing trip or what have you, and my body won't respond the same. Part of it is where I'm getting it from, but like I was down in Mexico, and I don't know that they're that much cleaner than the U.S., um, and I was having a great time and I found myself dabbling in some foods that normally would hurt me. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, because my immunities were raised from all the positive fun that I was having. So during so times of stress, really don't eat off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I feel like everyone always, at least for me, like when you're upset, you <laughs> go for the like <laughs> bad food, like the comfort yeah. food. Yeah. So like reminding yourself, it may seem like I want the bad stuff. Yeah. I'm actually going to make myself worse. going to make it worse. So as just knowing that, just knowing that be like, what can, and I'm always negotiating with myself because remember I'm a, a food chaser to yeah. be, that's the bulk of my life. I'm a food chaser. And yeah. so it is not hard for me to get back into that. So for me, I'm always negotiating. Okay. Well, you know, you're really wanting to emotionally eat right now. I'm going to call it. I'm going to own it. I'm going to be in Congress with it. I'm going to have awareness. That's number one, being in, in charge, executive function, right? It's yeah. not just, so I'm going to call it. Okay, well, what, are, what is the negotiable here? What's, what can I do? Well, for me, it's become understanding that nuts, healthy fat, feeds dopamine, also, there's that nice little salty bit, and they're crunchy, yeah. and I can shove a bunch in my mouth and feel that <laughs> feeling. You know that feeling? Yes. I mean, it's really disgusting, but it's the truth. It's no, like former it. fat girl confessions here. But it's like the shoving that food in is a part of the experience. Yeah. And so I've gotten better about that. It doesn't take the same quantity when I'm off the rails, but that's my go-to. And I have that first. And if I want something sweet, then I can have a piece of fruit or two because that's kind of fun to be like, I'm not limited to just one piece of fruit. And for those of you who are like shoving down the cheesecake right now and I'm talking nuts and fruit, <laughs> I know that this is not going to appease, but I've worked up to this point. Yeah. And so the reason for the nuts and fruit is because the nuts before the fruit keep the fruit from creating a, a blood glucose spike. So interesting. It's like 
almost overwhelming in a way. I know. Like, I am so interested by all of this. That's why I'm literally just like, wow. You're going to hear me on this episode. Like, wow. wow. I've, I've had guests um, on mine before I where I, I say, yes, yes. No, because <laughs> I'm just like here to like give a platform. Yeah. Like, you don't need to hear me yeah. talk about this. So it's so overwhelming, but like also good. And just for context for my audience, I've been seeing Katie now on like a bi-weekly basis. Lucky we're starting. Me. I'm so excited <laughs> just because of my relationship with food and the way that I've just had this weird, unhealthy balance with weight and food and same thing that you're saying, just chasing food. It's been so inspiring listening to you talk, but I will say it can be overwhelming. Like yes. what's a way to like approach Pick this? One. Okay. Pick one a week. Pick one thing a week and be like, I'm going to do this thing or one thing a month. Yeah. And you're, then you either start way remembering. You're, mo- you're moving it. So like, you know, if you go, okay, well, you know, Katie talked about not letting my blood sugar spike and having a, a fat before I have something sweet. Okay. I, I, let me think about that. Let me maturate on it. So I'm planting seeds. Yeah. And, and now that, you know, you know how it is confirmation bias. When you buy a red car, all of a sudden there's red cars everywhere. (laughs) So, right. Yeah. So that's all this is. It's setting the groundwork because anybody who stayed tuned in to this conversation is going to be changing the dial in their lives. I love that. That's all they had to do is be present. Will you share that little tip that you gave me um, in our session the other day about the sigh? I thought that was so interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad you asked. That's one of my favorite facts, and oh I God. drop it all the time, and not so everybody's receptive to it. Interesting. Okay. I noticed it. I practiced this week. Yeah. I'm like, I, I just thought it was the most weird, like the weirdest fact ever, and I never noticed it before. Yeah, yeah. So in my biggest of big, my most consuming everything in my path, I had somebody in my life tell me this. And I honestly was really mad at them. So basically every single person, every body, when you've had enough to eat, so you're sitting down or you're standing at the fridge or you're standing at the sink, there's a point when you, your body is actually satisfied, but we've often become removed from that. We don't know it. We don't know when we're satisfied or full anymore we will let out a big sigh. There will be a big breath. (sighs) When that happens, that's actually your body's response. It is the cue. If you can't, if you're no longer attuned to your own satisfaction level, that is the almost external, because you can hear it, cue to let you know that you are full and you are satisfied. So, that was BS when I was told that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, like, that doesn't I was like, there's a massive plate of food in front of me right now. I'm having a relationship with this plate and I'm not going to just go off that side. So she's like, just listen for it. Just listen. Just get in tune with it. Just start paying attention to it. And I was like, okay, you know, and so I started paying attention to it. And by God, it was there every time, so like every time that was effort one. Effort one was really now new knowledge. Effort two was pay attention to where new knowledge is showing up. Then I was like, well, dang it. Now that I know this, I'm supposed to do something with it. And so for me, I negotiated with myself that I'm going to try to adhere to this breath, but I want three big, savory, devour it, make love to it, perfect bite. I'm going to savor it and just mm, enjoy it. And at that point, I put my fork down and I'd push my plate away. And I got really good at that. And then eventually I moved it to two and got really good at that. And eventually moved it to one and got really good at that. 
And then it got to the point where I wasn't resentful when I heard the sigh. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was the feeling I felt, resentment that the food was being no, taken totally. away from me by my own body. I love that. And I love talking to you about this stuff too because I feel like you have little tools in this like invisible toolbox for different people that are struggling with different things and yeah. that's just one of them that I thought was so interesting I and find cool. it fascinating it was like the seat of so much change for me with my relationship to food and I will tell you now I'm still fascinated this still on the regular happens I'll push away my plate without thinking it's just like I'm, I'm done with you I'm done with you and then I'll hear the sigh so interesting. And I'm like, I am like in Congress in with myself. I love that because I feel like a lot of people, whether you're struggling with um, food issues, eating issues, or maybe your um, health issues, mental health issues, it just feels like a lot of these things are just us not being in tune with our like self and body working with these tools practicing them not only knowing them but actually practicing them and doing your best like you said a smidge a day allows us to get closer to being like one and connected with our body and and then it becomes natural and then and then that's what your body wants to do and then who are you in love with then that is the love affair my lover who i passionately adore says, I need something or I don't want any more of this. I listen. Mm -hmm. But ourselves, we totally this separate, like they're completely abused and denied all the time. Yeah. And when we are regularly honoring the lover that is ourselves, that is the confidence. That's the seed of everything. I love that. And then we walk through. We walk through life just commanding what we want unapologetically yes unapologetically and you know that's the what do I prefer question what do I prefer I believe is the most powerful question in the universe I love that people don't know what they prefer but they've not been asking themselves either oh that's so good if I don't know you well and I don't ask you what you prefer I don't know what you prefer but if I want intimacy with you I ask you what do you prefer Hannah we don't ask that of ourselves. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us, even people who would like, consider themselves healthy people, maybe they like exercise a lot. Maybe they eat healthy. We think of ourselves as like, quote unquote, healthy, but then we're not like prioritizing ourselves or our mental health or what we're putting Are in you our gut. self-priority healthy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're self-priority healthy, you have an intuition to what you want to eat to nourish yourself. Like I'll stop. I'll feel myself in a state of wanting and I'll, I'll check in. And I'll, you know, really pay attention. I, I need to go lay, lay down and take a nap. That's actually what I need right now. I'm completely exhausted from whatever's gone on. I know I need to get better at sleep. How does sleep affect the microbiome and everything? Oh my gosh, it affects everything. So many of my, my colleagues and cohorts are calling sleep the number one pillar of health. Wow. Because without it, you cannot lose weight. You cannot be emotionally satisfied. Your functions don't work. So we understand that serotonin can be depleted, the, the element to make you calm. So you work on building your serotonin. But it's simple. It's, it's B12, B6, folate, and lots of protein. That pr- promotes serotonin. So then serotonin is needed to make melatonin. If you're taking a melatonin supplement, I want to ask you to stop it right now because you're telling your body that it has enough and to stop producing its own. So get it out the door, get rid of it. Um, So serotonin turns into melatonin. So we start up the chain, make sure we have enough serotonin. The way that serotonin becomes melatonin is a two-part step that requires darkness. 
Wow. So we're kind of screwed, America. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, turn off the lights, dim the lights, get off the technology for a couple hours, at least a half an hour before bed. You need darkness. So, you know, even if that's, you know, if you think about ancient man, it's bringing the light, the, it's warm hearth light or a lantern was all that they had to go off of. So bring low and warm. And so people ask about blue light, red light. We need the full spectrum, but we're overloaded on the blue spectrum. So go warm. Spend 15 minutes facing west. Let your body get acknowledged that it's going to have that shutdown. So with this, once we produce melatonin, melatonin actually creates a protective shell over your mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of your cell. So people who get good sleep look younger, have you noticed? Mm -hmm. That's because they've got this nice little protective antioxidant shell that says, we're not going to age very fast. We get lots of sleep. We have good melatonin. So this is your sign. Sleep <laughs> to look good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and people are going to find this really interesting because we, I just, I, the, the information isn't accessible. So I love the Huberman Lab um, podcast. I love, love um, Doctor's Pharmacy with Dr. Hyman. Um, I love Dr. Axe, A-X-E. You know, you can read all their websites. There's so many great things out there. But to further the mental health component with sleep, so between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m., this is kind of new discovery in recent years, and it's only since October of last year that we actually have scans that show it. You have to be in a deep sleep because if you're not, you miss out on a really important reset. There's a, a it's, they call it a glycolic wash. It's your brain fluid and your spinal fluid wash in and out like the tide of the sea. Wow. Ima yeah. Imagine your brain is like a dirty beach from all day of a party being going on on it. <laughs> you know, it's like you've Little had a dirty. crazy day. Yeah, you've got a crazy day and it's like this cluttery beach and then there's this tide that comes in and out and washes and pulls in and out over that dirty beach and pulls away the debris and the next morning you start crisp and clean. That's why we feel more sane in the morning after we've gotten a good night's sleep. Wow. It That's literally so is pulling that excess chemistry the toxic excess floating around chemistry, pulling it out and then evacuating it through your lymph system and through your, your, your kidneys and it's getting rid of it and it's pushing it out of your body. Yeah. What would you say to someone who maybe really wants to start prioritizing their microbiome or they want to pr start prioritizing their gut health or they want to care more about what we're talking about but maybe they don't have someone like you near them or maybe they don't have the resources to pay for someone to yeah, help them through this yeah. stuff. What are small ways that make huge differences? I think if this interests you, become a student of it in the world. You know, put yourself in front of those podcasts. Put yourself, I have a podcast and, you know, it's all of these ways to share and get the information. Um, definitely the things we've talked about, the vitamins that we've talked about, the supplements yeah. we've talked about. Sleep is free. Sleep is free. And, you know, and again, you know, maybe you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I have a hard time sleeping. Move the dial on that. Do you know, go to bed. You know, people are like, I can't go to bed past, you know, before midnight. Go to bed at 1155 this week. Go to bed at 11.50 yeah. next week. You know, try to, you know, and maybe one night, five minutes, one night at a time. Move the dial. Um, you and know. like you said earlier, and I've talked about this too on the podcast, like we tend to give ourselves these labels 
about our personality, who we are, our habits that aren't who we need to be. That's just who I am. That's just who I am. That's just a cop out. Yeah, totally. I I mean, love you, mean it, but like, honestly, that's not somebody, somebody who says that's just who I am says this is just who I want to stay as. A mic drop moment right there. <laughs> you can make changes in your life. Yeah. You can change who you are, what your habits yeah. are. Things like you said, like sleep, like that's free. You don't have to have yeah. money to be able Google, to practice better sleep. Yeah, Google sleep hygiene. You know, I use an eye mask every night. I do certain activities before bed. You know, that's the other thing too is we all think that we can go, 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 go and then get in bed and go to sleep. We're not designed that way. It was, you know, think again, ancient man. There was the racing to do whatever during the daylight, but then it was it was calm, it was family, it was storytelling, it was quiet, it was, you know, so bringing down the body so that the cortisol can respond. Your cortisol is spiked up until you're going to bed. I know, I'm such a fanatic now about, like, cortisol and, like, not letting it get, like, super high late at night or in yeah. the morning. Like, I will be driving to my workout or walking to my workout, and if I hear, like, horn, I get so pissed. I, like, look. <laughs> the driver like really don't it's before 9 a.m why are you honking or like someone like talking super loud don't in a stimulate coffee shop me. at like 7 a.m yeah. i'm like giving them death yeah. stares like what are you doing yeah it is early that's how well, actually why i stopped doing high intensity workout i love um, it i was so into orange theory and i still love it i have nothing but good things to say about it but I'd been doing it for so long and I was like, I, maybe this is spiking my cortisol level. And I think that's like another thing you could speak to as well that I have noticed on my own journey is like, try out different things. I was curious. I was like, okay, I'm going to try Legree Pilates. I hear it's killer. And like, I'll give up this high intensity workout. I have found that I love it so much more. Yeah. And that's so shocking to me because I was really into that whole like Barry's boot camp, Orange Theory vibe. Yeah. But now I like can't even imagine going back because I'm like, Ugh. I call it intuitive movement. So pay attention to where you are. So there's, especially for women in our phases, you know, it's really important to understand that we, at different times in our phases, we have different reserves. So, you know, become a student of that. And, you know, that's kind of a whole separate I know. I need to have you back on to (laughs) talk about different topics now. This is just our 101 masterclass. (laughs) I'll definitely have you back on. But, yeah, pay attention. Women are exercising like they're men, and it's spiking their cortisols. It's making them irritable. They're getting stuck in the weight loss trap that's not happening. It's deteriorating their bones and their joints. It's using up their, their calcium reserves. So it's really important to to do it intuitively. There are times where I've got it in me and I want to go run down the block and I do. Yeah. And I bust it out. But there are times where I'm like, you know, I just don't have the reserves. And I kind of have this thing where go to the gym, show up at the gym and see what comes out that day. What are some like easy tips and hacks or like little things that people can do just to like be in a healthy routine the thing that I love love to do that I feel like I am rewarded every time and I miss it when I don't do it is if you can not everybody can do this because of schedules or locations get to the sun be be east facing in the morning And whether you're having a cup of coffee or you're having, uh, you know, your tea. But I really try hard with the sunrise to just be with the sunrise and whatever my beverage is. And the reason for that is it sets that cortisol rate. We want the cortisol to come up high in the morning and drop down like the sun. 
high with the sun and drop down. And that moment of Zen, of being present with myself, and I'll, I will fight myself to take my computer or to take my phone yeah. or to take a book, but I frequently am putting it aside and going, what are you doing? This is this, is this 15 minutes of this cup and this sun and me. And that's, that's my number one favorite hack. Love that. Okay, I ask everyone who comes on the show, how do you see it? How do you see your journey? How do you see everything that's led you to this moment? What's your like takeaway almost? I see it as what do I prefer? I love that. I see it as what do I prefer? If I ask that question of myself, if I let people ask that of themselves, then we're all floating downstream. We're not paddling upstream. It just gets easier. So how I see it is that to me is just everything. It's light. It's easy. It's my preference. The word prefer is so light. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you I'm so gonna much. I'm going to have you back on. You know so much, and you're like an information I, machine. I, I, so I, I think love I, to have you on. I think I said this before, that it's, you know, this beautiful plate of food in front of me, and you're like, want to give somebody a bite. That's how I feel about the knowledge. I'm like, yes. you got to try this. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> I, I feel like that's healing, too, trying to get people to, like, start this journey of, yeah. like, healing, whether it's mental health or actual health. Like, you just want everyone to have a taste, yeah. and that's why these journeys are so beautiful and hearing people's stories so beautiful, especially a story like yours, because it's hope there's hope in it. Well, and you're so brave to share so much of yourself on all of this. <gasps> so, you know, that takes, that takes a lot to say, I, you know, it's a compelling, right? You're compelled to do it. Aren't you? Yeah. 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 yeah it's lovely. It's oh, beautiful. Thanks, Cheers. Katie. Cheers to you. Cheers to oh, us. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired. Do not forget to rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow How I See It Pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next. And if you're not already, come join the fam and follow at How Hand Sees It. Thank you guys. <laughs>